this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Not only for the opportunity to worship you, but to be used by you. And so even now as I surrender, let all that you desire to be in my life to bring your people to the place that you destined for them to come. I know even now you have shown me that the doors are open wide. And as your message goes forward, I trust that you will bring them into the place. And they will recognize that all is welcome in this place, that you prepared for them. And so I say, even now, let God's speak be upon every word that we speak. In Christ Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can think this is something funny. But a lot of times when we have conversations, we never realize how great we align with one another. Many times, I look to God for directions when it comes to a message and it becomes, you know, enlightening to me when I can walk in a room and somebody knows everything that I heard. And it lines up to everything I'm hearing. And this morning coming in, you know, you have every intent to get up on time. And you know, the six o'clock alarm goes off. And you're like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be with you. And then all of a sudden you say, I'm gonna snooze for a minute. With the intent to snooze, no. Back in the old Black Friday days, not the current, because the current Black Friday is not like the Black Friday that we've been accustomed to in the past. You would get up with the intent that after getting these ads, you would get these beautiful ads like a week before, and you start circling everything that you desired. And you made preparation with family. You even called family members saying, what time are you going to be in line? Oh, yeah. If you get there before me, I want to make sure that you go after these particular things. This is what it is. And we would all share our list of goodies. My husband was the one that would always, after Thanksgiving, he would gobble up his food. He's like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanksgiving was a Thanksgiving. It was really, let's get our money here on. Right, right. Position us for whatever. So that 
You can go to sleep because you need to eat. Go to sleep. And you wanted to clear out the house as quickly as possible. Okay? Uh, so that meant you couldn't cook. You had to go to somebody else's house that was cooking in order to get there. <laughs> and, and, and you always had to have a team of people. Because the team of people had to go one direction, you had to go another direction, and you divide and conquer. <laughs> I can recall back in them days that somebody got wise because they knew these people were standing there a long time. Or even for days. Some people started before Thanksgiving. I remember being third in line one time. Third in line, and we're counting third in line. But then, then I didn't realize third in line meant nothing because that one person was holding the line for 20 something other people. And so, your third in line was not a third in line because they had tons of people coming and we would be annoyed. Oh, yeah, like, wait a minute. We're third in line, and all of a sudden, 20 other people were coming in front of us because these two people have saved room for their whole entire family. And I would be like, oh, this is not fair. Even to the point we would get attitude. And I can recall my husband pushing in them days, like, wait a minute, I want to be the first in line. And as we began to encounter, we then got that focus. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see a hot chocolate person in the wee hours of the night coming pushing what? A makeshift cart that they made for hot chocolate. You're freezing, and you will take anything. <laughs> And they're selling little small little cups of hot chocolate, probably about that big, for three dollars. And you're like, I'm excited to have this. And you don't care where it came from. And then all of a sudden, out of no one, you needed a bathroom run. And then everybody had to figure out where do you go to use the bathroom, and you took turns because it was a long term. You couldn't knock on the door because they wouldn't let you in. <laughs> but there was always somebody coming out and saying, okay, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Then after a while, they came out and handed you little slips of paper. Remember? Because they wanted to know how many electronics they had. And then after they gave out the little slips of paper, they stopped giving out the slips of paper. Because that meant there was no more. And all of a sudden, the doors open. Everybody is running. It seemed like the people in the back of the line found a way to get in the front of the line, and everybody is running through the doors. And we're looking for stuff. And not only is it that we're looking for stuff, we're grabbing things that we don't need. So every item you circled on the list, you probably get two or three of them. Because you couldn't get to that side of the room before others. And so you had your 
maybe-less. <laughs> and you grab all the maybes, and then you had people saying, this is good, that's great, and you see everybody snatching, so you start snatching too. You don't even know what you're snatching, but you right. just snatch it because it just looks like the ideal things. Electronics is the ideal thing. TV's the ideal thing. And, and, and I remember one year we got a TV for a decent price. Excitement. Wow. You get all this stuff home, you wrap some, you look at some, and you find out that the majority of the things you stood in line for, you send back. Don't understand why. But you stood in that long line. And after standing in that long line, you find out that you're returning a good 80% of the items you stand. And you end up with just one or two items. And then you say to yourself, this wasn't worth it. I'm not going to do this again. The year comes around again, and you're right back in the same place. As I was listening to the Holy Spirit, I said, why do we go through this process? What is it about Black Friday that everybody is looking for? Something free. Get it? The goal is to find something free. But there's no cost to something free. That you didn't have to dig deep in your pockets for something valuable. And so you're fighting for something free. Isaiah 55 says what? One says what? It says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And so what he's literally saying, Black Friday is not it. The things that we desire that really, really sustains us is in him. He's literally trying to get us to come to him. We don't have to stand in line. We don't have to bargain for the right prices. We don't have to, you know, set up places for all of our friends to get there and then other people get in front of us. We're at the front of the line, he says. And he says, and I'm offering this daily. And he's calling out into the marketplace and asking you to come. He's literally saying that his things are priceless. And the funny part about it, he has things on his list for all of us that no money can compare to it. It's, it's greater than any revenue you have in your space right now. It's greater than any rich man. And he's literally saying to you, Earlier, as I was praying in the spirit, I was asking God to let the vibrations within this room reach outside beyond this place and let 
having to hear the cries of our heart as we petition him in this place. But the Lord said to me, they must lay down. He said they must be willing to return. Everything that they have deemed to be of value. Remember how I talked about? You go back and you look at Black Friday and you begin to look and you say, I don't know all this stuff. And then uh, the, the funny part about it is you look at your receipt and you don't realize you went in there for no more about two or three hundred dollars based on what the ad said. But by the time you got out of the store, you over a thousand dollars or more. And you're sitting back and saying, I didn't intend to spend a thousand. And so you immediately reevaluate all the things that you purchased. And you begin to what? Start giving it away. I'm going to give this back to this merchant. And so the merchant is smart enough to know that half of us is going to do that. And so they give you the Black Friday sale, and then they turn around and have the same simple stuff, but they don't call it Black Friday. So they're still getting you to march to their beat. And God is trying to get you to hear his beat. He said, you will come forth from their beat. How do I get you to come forth from their he said, my trumpet, is it not loud enough? The heart vibrations, is it not loud enough? He said, the gentle pull on your heart, have you not felt it? The unction that comes in the middle of the night? Do you ignore it? The words that others share to cause you to come, do you not hear it? The feet that walks in righteousness, do you not hear them? And he said, for the dreamer that sleeps and thinks of me, do you not see me? Will you come? Again, I ask, will you come? He even goes as far as saying, the streams of the heart, will you hear it? I see music playing as we travel throughout our day. He's literally asking you, will you hear and come?
I don't know if you all noticed uh, later in the past few weeks, but there has been a very, very strong intent of the Father for getting somewhere. I don't know if you felt that. I don't know if you experienced the fear of God. It's a very different, very different realization into his timing of intent of where he wants us. It is not just like every Sunday. Uh, this morning, uh, I was up at my set time of prayer, and he repeated to me over and over, will you create space for me? And I was, what does that mean? What do you mean? Will you create a space for me? He just kept repeating, repeating. And so I knew the word was not just for me. Will you let me in? Will you let me know you? And I say, of course, only you know, Lord Osai. I woke this morning to the same thing. And he said, will they hear myself? Will they know me? I started groaning in the spirit because I can feel the intensity of his desire for us in this area. I asked him, what do you mean? Create a space for you. And he shows me our plans and desires in front of us. Get rid of all of them. Amen. Get rid of all of your plans, all of your desires. Amen. Completely. This morning, he said to me, the cause of trembling has come, my son. I say, what is this trembling? He said, I must shake everything. I say, why? He said, and he showed me, and I saw the soil of the earth where crops await the needed rain must be ready for the rain that is coming. We have been waiting for it. And asking the spirit of wisdom in regards to what our plans are, what our desires are, how we can we can fully get rid of these things or fully just do away with them. The notation is this. As for me personally, use it as an example. I love motorcycles. As a kid, I did not know I had that desire until I saw it in here. But then you see that desire is based upon how I saw it in the earth. So then my desire is built upon that image as it has been portrayed in the earth realm. So to our desires, even of the Lord potentially. This is not a negative. I'm going to encourage. This is a realization that many things that we plan, many things that we may have desires towards, although may have been given to us way back when by the Lord, can be built upon earthly circumstances, earthly points. Because what he brings in will cannot be measured. What he brings in will confound you heavily. James James, I forgot where I was going. 
<laughs> James speaks of basically you say tomorrow we will go to the city and work there for a year. You cannot say that your life is in this, and even these sayings are of evil and of pride. But then in James 5, it talks about the good farmer who awaits the early and the latter rains. This is not to say that just in a sense, I know one is like, oh, the early rains, the early age, early rains, the early age, and then the latter rains, it's only one time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what we have been waiting for. Isaiah 55. Eight and nine just exemplifies this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than you, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return, there will water the earth, and make it bring forth and sprout to make seed to the sower and bring to the eater. So shall my word, he that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish what I purpose. It shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. He's preparing our soil for that rain we've been waiting for. But we must get rid of his desires, get rid of desire for the Lord's shore, press in. Press in, break yourself as you saw earlier today. The Lord showed up. He had tears of joy in his eyes. His presence was he who sits on the throne on high and took, came off his throne just to enjoy us. His love for us is very, very strong, but this is also extremely necessary. I'll take it back to the shopping center. And there was this main thing that, believe me, he had an ad years ago. And it was the simple ad that everybody could understand. There was someone standing at the door, and they were knocking, saying, open, open, open. <laughs> and the Lord says, I'm knocking. When your hearts open, open, open. Say, say that again. I'm knocking on your heart. Open, open, open. In that ad, you can see the woman looking through the window with excitement. And she's waiting on this department store to open because she knows inside that store there's treasures. Mm -hmm. And God is literally saying, there's treasures. He said, and they're beyond your understanding. He says, I have things that will get you to no longer be tied to the system. But I can't give them to you because you're not open. And then he says, 
When my son speaks of surrender and releasing things unto me, I even want you to release your system ideas of how I provide for you. Paul a lot of times say, well, the check only comes once a month. That's your system ideas. Some of us are tied to a W-2 with limitation in resources. Lord is literally saying, it's time to release these things to me. Because in these places, there's a cap. In these places, they're literally saying, you can't go beyond. This is what this job offers. And this is the range that you're going to live in. And God says, I want to eliminate the range that you created for your lives. Amen. Hopefully you guys get that. And the only way that can occur is that you're open. That you're looking beyond where you're at. And that you're allowing him to be everything. So when we were in worship, initially the music was playing and when Bradley took the mic and he just began to talk and the Lord was just speaking forth through him about pretty much coming to this higher place in him and letting go and allowing God to do something different, the Lord told me, daughter, walk around seven times in a circle. And so when I walked around seven times, I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you do. And Lord was like, daughter, just trust me, walk around seven times. And when I walked around on the sixth time, there was a pool of fire that began to envelop. And the Lord was like, if my people would just jump in, jump into this fire, jump into this place where you let go of all these things. But nobody jumped. And the Lord was like, let go of these things. And when he showed me that, the pool of fire is still here. And he's still waiting for us to jump. But even still right now, as the message is going forward, we're still tied down by these cares, by worries, by all these different things, chains of just all this stuff. But yet God is saying, come and jump into this fire. But in our mind, we're like, Lord, but the fire is hot. I don't want to get burned up. And the Lord was like, well, how, how do you get rekindled in me? How do you get refined in me if you don't jump in? But yet, and still, these cares, these worries, 
these issues of life hold us back. The Lord even now is just saying, these things don't matter. The Lord said, I'm trying to do something new in this house. to talk to me about the city of Los Angeles. They implemented a plan to clean up the neighborhood. And then to clean up the neighborhood, they created a sanitary sweeper, a machine that goes through the neighborhood in to clean up the neighborhood. It was a great thing that they implemented. But then they found that it wasn't as effective as they expected it to be. Because as they went down the street, they noticed that all the cars were still in place. Do you get it? They noticed the cars were still in place. And sometimes they had to go around the cars to try to little sleep, and then there would be blocks upon blocks that they wasn't able to clean because the people would leave their vehicles in the same place for extended period of time. And so they initiated a fine that if you did not move your vehicle at a certain point of time, you would be ticketed. And as I began to look at that, the Lord says, they implement rules in order to achieve their goal. And he says, you must create discipline and put some parameters in place to achieve the goal that I'm asking you. Amen. He said, if you would put them in place, then I would deliver upon what you put in place. You guys understand what it means by that, right? So if you turn around and say, Lord, I'm going to give you five hours of my day at this particular time, and I'm going to be diligent in that, the Lord is saying, I'm going to deliver by showing up. Lord, I'm going to fast at this particular time each hour of the day, and he will deliver on what you put in place. And that's what he's literally saying. I, I'm going to deliver on what you put forth. I'm going to deliver on what you surrender. He says, I'm going to deliver on what you allow me access to. He said, do not you see? And he just says, hear my words. testimony, you know, it's like what the Father just said to me, but um, when I ask the Father, how, how, I, I want to give up everything for him, I need to, what do I need to do? He said, said, wake up at three and pray every day. 
I started helping my buddy with some work, and I've been really tired. Uh, I wake up at three, and I kind of lay there. One eye open, pass out, pass out, pass out, pass out, and then I just go back to sleep. I'm like, wow, this is so hard. Right. But, but it, on the inside, my spirit is like, no, I want this. And I said, Father, I need help. What do I do? He said, push past the natural. The natural will continually try and bring us down, keep us in a place of comfort, tell us what we need. In the spirit, we need to push past the natural. Previously, the pastor was speaking, the father spoke to me and said, they need to see this in myself. For what I am about to do, they cannot imagine. They do not know where they are from, nor where they are going. I must make them ready. And he showed me like each of you have been supplanted with something so deep you have no idea yet. No idea. You cannot fathom. So how do we get a place for it? We must give up everything. Our plans and desires and our set ideas of what it looks like. How do we let him know us? For he knows us already, right? Scripture says he knows our most desires. This knowing is a deep, deep intimacy of allowing him to move in a loving-based, transparent relationship deep on the inside of you, in areas in you you did not know existed. Mm-hmm. And reveal and work with things. Then forth, you will begin to know him. Gnosko. Yada. In a way that is not mental. We have to give him that place. He will not take it. As I prayed, he showed me this huge needle, and he showed me thread, and I blinked my eyes because in my mind I knew scripture. But it makes reference to a rich man. That particular scripture makes reference to a rich man. And it's talking about a rich man going through the eye of the needle. And as I began to look at that, and I began to focus in on that, he was talking about how we identify a rich man. We think they sit in high places, and he said, they sit among you. It's us. Do you get it? His definition of a rich man is somebody that feels they're self-sufficient. Okay? Self-sufficient. Someone that says, well, I don't need nothing. Let me pray for that one over there because they need it more than me. You know how we do that? Uh, or, or put Paul on blast. Because Paul always says, I don't pray for nothing for myself. I only pray for other people. That's rich. <laughs> yeah, that's a rich man. That's a rich man. There's no dust in his pockets. <laughs> He says, 
I'm defining what a rich man looks like. He said it's someone that said in his own lights. That believes that they have everything they need. But looks at others as if they're less than they are when they have realized they're the one that's missing out. And he says, in this room, and those who's listening, he says, all of you are rich. And the reason why you're rich because you haven't stripped yourself of what you deem to be valuable. He says, when you have stretched yourself, and I clothe you in me, then you will see the value. You have the wealthy, you have the middle class, and then you got another part of a middle class of a poor. And we put ourselves in these categories. I'm a little bit better than that. I'm above this. And the Lord literally says, break the systems within thy hearts. You're coming home, just in case you don't know that. When you walked in, he literally said you're coming home. So just in case you guys don't know, make a pet a place for them because they're coming home. So just in case you don't know. But your other son's going to stay. But one will come home. So make a place because they're coming into your house. They're coming home. He told me as I was stopping, he said, tell her she's coming home. I seen it when you walked in, but he literally told me, tell her she's coming home. And he just says, here you go. Okay, God. I didn't realize I looked at myself as a rich person. Mm -hmm. I literally was saying to the Lord, I don't need nothing. I said, no, no, I don't need nothing. And, and, and even I searched my heart. I said, Lord, I have nothing on my agenda. Because I thought that that was a way of me emptying me. Do you hear me? But I didn't realize in that place where I'm empty, I should be seeking his riches. I should be seeking his riches. Not to say, oh, I don't have no desire for the world stuff, but I should have a desire for his riches. Amen. Get it? You should have a desire for his riches. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. I, I didn't see that. I just stopped begging. Right. <laughs> you didn't want to see the greed. Exactly. 
like one seem like somebody pimping God. And so in that place, I said, no, nah, I'm not going to pimp you today. I'm not And so I stopped asking for the heavenly when I'm supposed to be pursuing these things, which is him. So my, my, the way it's set up is wrong. <laughs> the truth about why we feel rich is because we truthfully on the inside really feel insufficient. And so we make ourselves rich so that we feel some sort of place of value. So we must deal and be honest with our feelings of insufficient, but it's because we were created for something much more. As she speaks of treasures, the scripture clearly states, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Yeah. This is not just in context of my thoughts around these things, but you will literally be present with your riches. Your heart is a gateway. For by it, you exist in many different areas at one time, in different realms. As one thinks in the heart, so are they. How often of these earthly treasures and plans do we think of in our heart? And so we become them.
Let me put some reality shows on there. Let me put some of these sitcoms on there. And let me make sure that there's series and series and series and series. And you're going to sit down and watch and binge out on every series. And the sad part about it, ain't none of it real. Right, crying over and everything, right? It ain't none of it real. You're being drawn into a false reality. And God is literally trying to get you to understand that there's something better over there. Glory to God. Something better with him. Something greater with him. I'm not to get on the mic here, just quick. Um, when Pastor was mentioning um, social media, it reminded me of something Brian, Brian's brother said years ago. Um, when we were on social media, the Lord reminded me of this last night because I was looking at something and I was laughing, but it was somebody shortcoming. Brian was saying, when you're looking at social media and you're liking things, you're literally coming into agreement with it. So if it's death and you're liking somebody passing, you're liking the fact that you don't realize that you're coming to agreement with it by a like. So we really have to be careful what we're watching on social media because we're literally just coming to agreement with everything, especially the negative. We're saying, yeah, we're in agreement with this. So the Lord reminded me of that last time. I remember what Lord said at the church. That was like five years ago, Lord. And he was like, yes. So just be careful. That's all I to say. And how do you like it? You guys know it sends more like that to the tank. Yes. So then you get to see more and more yeah. and more. Yes. And so the, the way it's set up is to continue to draw you back in to where you are addicted to it, to where you feel like you've got to have it as a pastime. Same thing with these new sitcoms. It, it, it's, it's creating an addiction to where you run home and you got to put on that favorite show. And the Lord says, do not see it. It has been sent to destroy you. He said, go back to Macy's commercial. That commercial literally says, open, open, open. And you should be readily in that place every day asking God to open himself to you. Praise God. Open, open, yes, open. Sir. Amen. You should be readily in that place closing doors. Yes. Close the doors, guys. <laughs> because none of these doors for nothing valuable. I guarantee you, you're going to give it back. It's not worth the price you have to pay to stay in these places. Give it back. God takes me back to Black Friday. I don't know if you guys were like me. You buy all this stuff, you look at the receipt, and you're like, I ain't paying for this. You give all that junk back, you're like, uh-uh. And everybody you thought you would give a good gift to, they get prayer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 
because it's the best gift ever. Yeah. And I was at one point in time, like, God, what are they going to say if I just say, I got, I, I pray for you? You know, I, I start realizing people were ecstatic about it. Yeah. Get it? Because they know they needed it. Especially when they know somebody pray well, <laughs> and they listen, and you come back with stuff, you're yeah. like, oh, you can pray for me. Don't yeah. give me that junk. And the Lord says, we're never satisfied with false gifts. They never measure up to a standard that he has built on the inside of each one of us. That's why we're constantly searching for something better. It's not measuring up. So would we not desire the standard of God over the standard of this world? Mm -hmm. He said again, I say, open. 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 Will you open your hearts? Will you open your hearts? He said, will you come beyond your resting places? Will you surrender all you have? Can you say that again? Come beyond your resting places? Can you go into that? No. You already know what that is. Why are you asking me to answer a question that you're going to answer yourself? So you can come and tell them what it is. I don't know. No, it's just, it was highlighted to me, so I just thought one that. So maybe you should tell. Mm. Have you guys not heard where you're resting? Oh, yeah. I think you came in a little bit later. And so, it's the place where you think God's placed you. That's probably the best way I can say it. You know, Lord, I, he called you to a place. And you know he called you into that place. But he called you into that place. Maybe it could have been for that day. Could have been for that hour. Could have been for that season. Could have been even a little bit beyond that. But we're still in that same place. <laughs> resting. <laughs> <Yeah>. Truly. <laughs> yeah. We're resting in that place. <laughs> and, and he may say, I want you to go over here and do this. Or I want you to go over here and do that. And we think that's a forever work. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a forever work for some of us. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that also apply then to this is what I think I should be doing? I exactly. feel because I'm not doing it. And I should be doing it. Exactly. But we never go back and ask God in the places where we're resting. Am I done? Right. <laughs> the only time we look at am I done is when we're frustrated. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Get me out of this place. Right. But that's the place you're supposed to be in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the True. places you want to get out of is what you're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Hard times is where God does his greatest work. Truly. Comfort yeah. is where you're working. Mm-hmm. Well, God told me to go over here and take care of this and do this for a while and do this and do that. He never said to do this and discredit him. We're still supposed to do that and make time for him. But we let these things take us away from him and we say, God told us to come over here. Right? God told me to get up early, go to this Black Friday sale because I was going to get some goodies. Okay? And then I come back and like, Lord, I stood in line all this. You said I was going to get this. And I walked away without it. And you're mad because you were one behind the one that took the gifts. Did they pray harder? <laughs> Did they show up a little bit early? Or, or was it the problem that they brought all their friends? Now we get mad because I've been sitting here waiting on you to move, Lord, and you haven't moved. He said, I've been sitting here waiting on you to surrender your riches. But you don't like being broke. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like being broke? Say that louder? It doesn't feel good. So the most comfortable place doesn't feel good. The most comfortable place is difficult to sit. The most comfortable place makes you want to run. most comfortable, uncomfortable place is where you pray for an hour and you're moving into that second hour and you still don't hear nothing. You're moving into that third day of fasting and God's still not saying nothing. You have completed your fast maybe 21 days and you still don't hear nothing. We always feel like we're supposed to get something. Do you guys get it? Well, I'm going to do this 21 fast, day fast because I'm going to get something from God. Mm-hmm. He said, who told you that? <laughs> He said, where in my word you see that 21 days got me mm-hmm. to give you something? Mm-hmm.
Now, discipline is necessary. Discipline is necessary. But that doesn't mean that every time you do something, you're going to get something. Holy Spirit is so awesome and crazy. That doesn't speak. <laughs> I remember back when I was younger, my parents implemented a straight-A process. Did you hear me? Yes. If you got good age, you got rewards. Mm -hmm. You can come up and be like, I got five A's, here go $20. Mm -hmm. I got six A's, oh, here go $21. Okay? Because <laughs> you would get something in it. Then after a while, you brought your report card, and you didn't get nothing. You're like, what happened to this? Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden your parents turn around and say to you, that's your job. That's right. You're supposed to get it. <laughs> well, what happened to our board system here? Correct. That's right. <laughs> well, you can't even get a thank you out of it. You're to go to school, and you're to good, good grades. I will not reward you for something you're supposed to do. Now, if you climb grades, and you get out early, then I will reward you. But you're supposed to get good grades. And some of you are in that same process of asking God, to give you something because you did something. I remember going on a fast. Loved it. And then trying to get back into an eating habit after a fast. It's hard. Hard. You feel like, oh no, I'm going to go back to the fast, right? Because that's the best place to be. Because it's, it's hard to get back into an eating habit. But even as you're getting back into your eating habit, you're still looking like there's got to be something that's going to happen because I can't get all the way back into eating yet. And God doesn't know that. He says nothing. And then you get mad and say, well, why did I do this? This was a waste of my time. And then you're looking around thinking a prophet is going to come out of nowhere and stop and say, hello, here's the word of God. And there's nothing. Then you come and sit before you know, the man of God or the woman of God at church looking for that word. Well, maybe it's going to be in that. Maybe it's going to be a this. Maybe it's going to be that. <laughs> you went in with the wrong purpose. Your treasures were still before you when you went into your past. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All we do a Solomon. No, we all got Solomon in us, right? Mm -hmm. Lord, I want nothing for me. <laughs> I desire nothing for you. 
I surrendered my all. All I care is about your people. All I care about the people. And, and behind, he's like, your heart's still after the riches of gold, but you don't tell me. I don't want nothing, Lord. I don't want nothing. But your your treasures are still being defined. I can see it. Yeah. You think he's blind to what's really going on deep in your heart? You're the only one blind. That's why when God tells you, oh, oh, your anger continues to kindle and raise itself against you. You're like, I ain't angry. Dang me. Who are you talking to? <laughs> you ain't even in touch with what's going on on the inside of you because you're not open. So as I prepare to close this out, he said close out. Come back to As I prepare to close this out, it's so important that you hear what he's saying. He's giving us the simplest message. You say, open your heart. Surrender your riches. Can you hear me? Open your heart. Surrender your riches. Lay aside your treasures. And follow after me. Supply and more. Your true desire. Yes. Would you come? Father just spoke, spoke this to me. Look. Look at the same chapstick. Just a couple of minutes ago, and I said, uh, you're going to have to bring this back around. And then you spoke a couple words that are in here. So I was like, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, and the Father said, don't you see you're called great? But if you measure greatness by this place, I cannot give you mine. For you cannot receive it. You would be blind. I will not put it on soil not ready. Do you not see that you are great? You are mine, and I will not give you to another. Mm -hmm. Hear me, little ones. Hear me. I will not give you away. And then he said to my heart, I desire they get this. And I said, I know, Dad. I know. So in closing, I think I shared this with some people. I don't know if I shared it uh, in prayer, Bible study, or whatever. I began to talk about this soil, and I could see him pulling the little roots from other trees off. But I could see the soil is beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. I mean, it is so grand, so beautiful. And there's nothing there. And I don't know if you ever touched soil that was so beautiful and you know how it just crumbles in your hand and, and, and it's just like really fine. That's what he shows me each one of you are. 
you know how you go a little bit deeper down and you get ready to plant the plants in it and then you can see the roots falling up where something used to be there. I see him pull them away. I see him pull them away. And that the soil is so fresh, bright and ready. He said, can I plant my harvest in you? Can I plant the things I desire in you? And it's so rich. I mean, it's that brown, brown. And it's like clay, like I'm just, it'll be like sand. Like it just falls apart. It's like you can squeeze it in your hand and it just melts like it's something you can eat. Because it's so beautiful. And he says, and even as you've heard these words, you surrendered. And, and now I see this truck coming. And it's got all different types of plants in it. All different types of plants. And I hear him saying, Uncle Bill. And then he's not having them to plant it. He's literally on his knees and he's putting the plants. I don't see plenty that he's putting in. I just see him on his knees. And he has this hole that is dug. And I see him asking those who brought all the plants with them to give him one. He didn't ask for many, but to give him one. But the funny part about this when I think about when I go to the plant store, I want a plant that's already look like it's blooming. Do you get it? I want a, I want a tree that already looks like a tree. Do you hear me? I'm gonna spend 55, 60 to 100 and something dollars to get a tree that looks like. But what he has on it are the little ones. You know the little ones that cost about five or six dollars that just shows that the seed. It's a little one, but it's abundance. It's abundance. Yes. But even though I see him planting a little in the spirit, but he's but in his hands when he's touching it, it's huge. But when it goes in the ground, I just see it as a little. So he shows me what it's going to become. But when he puts it in the ground, it's little. And so I see him, and he, he's closed the ground up. And it's a small little tree. And he waters it, he speaks to it, and now he's moving to the next place where he's asking them to hand him another. 
know he's going to repeat this process through and through because I see what's on the truck. But I know that's on the ground because they're taking them off the truck, they sit them on the ground, and it's a huge, beautiful garden, and that's you. And he's just saying, hear what he's saying. I know you can see this vision as I'm seeing it. Oh my God. If you understand what he has for me, you would make yourself If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.